Good morning. Good morning. Let's all stand to sing. I lost track of time. <laughs> there is sunshine in my soul today, more glorious and bright than glows in any earthly sky. For Jesus is my light. Oh, the sunshine, blessed sunshine, while the peaceful, happy moments roll, when Jesus shows his smiling face, there is sunshine in my soul. There is gladness in my soul today, and hope and praise and love for blessings which he gives me now. For joys and up above, all the sunshine, sunshine, while the peaceful, happy moments roll. When Jesus shows his smiling face, there is sunshine in my soul. Well, I didn't know it was going to be raining this morning. <laughs> Who would have thought, but I'm thankful for the rain, and it's good to see everybody this morning. Happy Father's Day, and thank you, and uh, let's continue to praise God as we uh, worship the Lord this morning. Um, I am so glad that we are back. I've been meaning to say that for the last three Sundays, and uh, so good to be here, and it's always good to be here, and I look forward to seeing everyone soon, Uh, but for now. Good to be back as we are. So. Mm-hmm. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of Lords, who is a great I am. Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty. We will bow before his throne. We will worship him in righteousness. We will worship him alone. He is Lord of heaven, Lord of earth. He is Lord of all who live. He is Lord of the universe. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, who is a great I am. Please be seated. Why did my Savior come to earth and to the humble go? Why did he choose a lowly birth? Because he loved me. 
And it's not only in the New American Standard, which I like, it's also in the NIV. But lavish is an interesting word, and if you go back to the original Greek, it means super abundant. It means more than is needed. It means in excess. And Paul's talking about God's grace. When Christ died, He died not just for forgiveness of sins, not just for eternal life, but also for something we don't think about, and that's the power to live the life He calls us to live while we're here. He lavished His grace upon us. He said, you've got eternal life, but He said, you know, you know that really starts right now because I'm going to give you the power to be the people I call you to be. And uh, I really like the word lavished. And I'm so grateful that when He came and He gave His life, He did it to lavish His grace and His blessings on us. What a neat word. What a powerful God. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank You for the life He gave for us. We thank You for our love that You have lavished on us. As we take this bread, we think of a body which You gave that we might know this great blessing. In Jesus' name, Amen.
these gifts enable us to do. And again, we are just grateful. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's all stand to sing our next song. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up might be a fool. You are my all in all. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame. Rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Jesus, you are the treasure. I mean, it just sounded really, really good, even with the small crowd that we have. Uh, but I can't wait until we get everybody back together again, as Kyle had mentioned a moment ago. And um, But we're delighted that you're here. And when we do get back together, make sure we sing that song for about like 10 minutes straight, okay? Because yeah. truly, truly, we are blessed. Um, happy Father's Day to all you wonderful daddies out there and for all your grandfathers out there and great-grandfathers in there. Show off. Show off. <laughs> you know, if I make these statements, I'm sure that you would agree. God loves me. Amen? <laughs> God delivers me. Amen. And God sustains me. Amen. God is my protector. God listens to me. Yes, and God prunes me. Yes. What? How'd that get in there? God prunes me. Well, today we're going to talk just about that. We're going to talk about discipline, if you will, for a while. And discipline is like broccoli, someone said. We may not care for it ourselves, but we feel sure that it would be good for everybody else. Some of the most beautiful scripture is found in God's Word, of course, in John chapter 15. In this particular... Um, 
it is also some of the harshest in Scripture for the believer. It includes in this Scripture the Father and the Son. It includes you and me. And it includes also the potential, our potential. So it makes it a beautiful, all-encompassing thing. And so I pulled this Scripture out. It's pretty lengthy, but I'm going to share it with you read along as you would please. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Give me an amen. amen. I love the love part of that. I love the fruit part of that. I love the fruit-bearing part of that scripture. But I must admit, I don't care much about the throwing away part and the fire and the burning part. So God, in His love for us, mankind, He allows us and, and He gives us, tells us how that we can avoid that part. That's how good our God is. Now, my responsibility as a parent, or I could say today as fathers, if I was just talking to only fathers, but as parents, our responsibility is to train our children. We know that. Give me an amen. amen. To dis uh, discipline them, to prune them, if you will, and to, for them to become responsible adults for themselves. Last night we had a wonderful banquet for our senior graduating seniors. It was a little different than we've done in the past because of all the stuff that's on. But nonetheless, it was a really good one. And it's that sending off time. It's that time of allowing them to, if you will, experience what we as adults would say life. And they're in for a rude awakening in some areas. And it's exciting in other areas. And we had a guest speaker and he did a good job of pumping them up and trying to give them encouragement. I appreciate that. But our responsibility is to teach them to be responsible adults and followers of Christ. If there are two things in this world that are missing today, is one is fathers in our homes, and Christ is the center of who we are as a nation. But I'm always reminded, and I'm always thankful, as I even look out in this crowd even today, this, this crowd, and those that have taken the responsibility of fatherhood on, of taking those children that didn't have a father or for whatever reasons it may have been and have taken them in and done a tremendous job. I admire those that do that. And we should compliment them on that. But truly there are, there are those out there that they're, they're not being trained the way they should, should be. So God does this with us as well because of His love for us. 
because He treats us as His children because we are. He desires that we grow into what He has planned for our lives. Jeremiah 29.11, He tells us that He has a good plan for your life. So God has a design for our lives, and He wants to grow us to grow into what He has planned for us in our lives. Now the simple question for Christians is, do you really want what God has planned for you, or do you really want what you have planned for you? Because that is the main struggle that we have in life. I want something for me, God wants something for me. If they don't, ma if they don't match up, sometimes they just do. But if they don't match up, there's going to be some problems or, if you will, some pruning that takes place in our life. So he disciplines us. He uh, prunes us. He trains us. He molds us. He shapes us. He transforms us. Scripture says all of those things. And the way that he does that is quite unique. He does it in every aspect of our lives. It doesn't matter who you are, young or old alike. He does it for all of us. He does it through circumstances, some that we don't like. He does it through people and how it is that we've connected with each other. Through the storms of our lives, He does that. He works through those to show us and to mold us and to make us into what it is that He wants us to be. The disciples, if nothing else, look at their stories and how He took them from what they were and made them these men of God. How was it it shaped them and how they didn't quite understand and how Peter would be the one to open mouth and insert foot time and time again. But he took those and he shaped them into who they were and who we read about today. He also does it by and through our mistakes of life because all of us make mistakes. He also does it through even our sin in life. And those can be the most hurtful ones of all. Because they damage us from what it is that God wants us to be. But in all of those things, He develops us into who He wants us to be if we let Him. And they can hurt. They can be very hurtful. No pain, no gain, coaches tell their players. So why are we disciplined? Why, are, why is pruning so important in our lives? It is for one reason. To bear fruit. It is for us, you and me, to exhibit the character of Christ... It is for us to trust God more in our life, to respond to people and situations in life like Christ would, and to reach out with compassion and love and mercy and grace and even power and strength in our words because they come from who He is in us. God is continually improving on our fruit-bearing capabilities. How's He doing with yours? Or I should say, how are you letting him? How are you at letting him prune you? You know, I don't know if any of you have taught or coached a Little League baseball team. Most of us have been around Little League players. Raise your hand, that'd be good. Little League players often have this prob problem. It's amazing how these kids can think that they know everything about the game. And good coaches will always tell you, it doesn't matter if it's a t-ball league or if it's a high school, college league, or even in the professional league, the one that thinks he knows it all is the toughest one to coach because they know it all. Ever mean to know it all? Don't bump somebody next to you. That wouldn't be nice, especially for daddies. But nonetheless, that's the way it is for Christians. Christians, as Christians, we can become experts in our own eyes. 
And it happens before you know it. Yet God wants to shape us and mold us and discipline us and prune us for our own good. Max Lucado said it this way, and I think he said it best. God accepts just all of us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to let us stay there. He loves us. He accepts you right where you're at for who you are and the sin that you're in. God accepts you, and he wants to redeem you, you see. So his love reaches through your sin to redeem you into his righteousness. Give me an amen. All right. Hebrews chapter 12. Listen to what it says. This is about parents again. They discipline us for a little while as they thought best. And we do that. But the Father, God, disciplines us for our good. See, discipline is for your good. God knows what is good. Amen? In order that we may share in His holiness. God wants you, think about this, in discipline, God wants you to share in His holiness. That's pretty awesome, don't you think? That God the Father, the Creator of all things, wants you and me to share in His holiness. Wow. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, amen, but painful, amen, double amen. Later on, however, it produces a harvest. That's what all of our seniors yesterday, all of the seniors who were there, every single senior that's graduating, that's what they want. They want the harvest. When does it come? Of righteousness and peace and those who have been trained by it. Trained by what? Trained by the discipline, by the pruning in our lives. It shapes us, it molds us into what it is that God wants us to be. Pruning, discipline, is painful, but it is necessary. First, pruning is the Father's business. It's not yours. Pruning is His doing, not ours. We think it can be for ours, but sometimes we try to practice it on our own. Self-pruning, we say, or self-discipline, and it is important in our lives. But what happens with that, oftentimes, especially especially in our spiritual walk, is that we become self-righteous, thinking that we've done it on our own. We, it leads to the thoughts of, look how good I have become. Look at all the little medals I have on my chest. Look at all the degrees I have on the wall that tells me that I'm smarter than you. And we do that in our spiritual walk. I guarantee you we do. It leads through all of that. This group falls into the category of works. Make, works makes me right with God. They may not just come out and say it, but that's how they live their lives. How does that work? It works like this. So when they work real, real hard and do real, real good that day, key, that day, at the end of the day, they say, God loves me. God loves me so much. I helped that lady cross the street. I helped put groceries in the car. I mowed the neighbor's lawn. I made some brownies. And I was just nice to everybody that I met today. God loves me so much. But then when they fall off the wagon, if you will, and have not so good of a good day that day, key that day, God doesn't like me as much as he did yesterday. See how it works? And people feel that way. I don't know if I'm in or out. One reason why we take communion. To remember that we're in through Jesus Christ and his righteousness. 
When we try to get rid of those harmful things in our own lives, what happens oftentimes is this. They usually come back. They usually come back. People that go to rehab, as they say it normally takes three times, an average of three times to go through rehab to work through either a drug, alcohol problem such as. And normally the case is, do you know why, why it takes three times? Because in the third time they realize they're doing it for themselves. They're not doing it for mom and dad or not doing it for the law. They're doing it for themselves. It's a desire. Something inside of them, they want to change something. This is how you know what happens when that comes back. You take the glory rather than give it to God. And that happens in our lives. This is how you know whether you're growing spiritually in Christ or not. Are you taking more credit for your accomplishments? Or are you giving God the glory for your accomplishments? Well, I'm the one that went to school. Well, I'm the one that got this. Well, I'm the one that achieved this. I'm the one that got the promotion. Praise God. God gave you the ability to work through the things that you work through to get there. Give me an amen. amen. It's giving God the glory for all things. And as Christians, we are the ones to do that, he tells us. My dad was a fly man. He, was very, he had no education, second grade. But my father was very intelligent in a lot of areas of his life. One area of his life that he was just great at, and people would ask him all the time. I cannot tell you the number of people that would ask my father to come and prune their trees. Now that sounds strange to you, but when I grew up in an apple orchard, hundreds of acres, 100 feet from my house, hundreds of acres of apple fields, trees. And um, people would ask my father to come and prune their trees because my father would do such a good job. He just knew he had an act for it. Now, you don't want me to prune your tree because you're going to be in trouble. But when my father would go to these places, whether it was a, a fruit tree or a shade tree, he just knew which branches to cut back and what to do. And when he looked at one when he finished, he would always tell people before it started, he'd say, you're not going to like it when I get finished. But if you just wait just a little while, next year it's going to be full and lush. And if it's fruit tree, it's going to bear some lush fruit. The heat finish up and almost all the time, boy, it looks a little strange there. Just wait, he'd say. But he also taught me something else. These there's little things that look just like little bitty branches on trees. You have them in your yard as well. They look like little bitty branches that pop out but the, of the tree, but they're really not branches. Do you know what they are called? Suckers. They're called suckers. Not lollipops, but they're called suckers. That's right. And that is what he is talking about here in the first part of verse number 2. Look at it there. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Because suckers do no good for your tree. The only, they will never bear fruit. And they only steal the nutrition for the, the branches that will bear fruit. They're holding back what is the capability of that tree to produce. And so the person that knows what they're doing can cut that off. And God says he is the one that cuts that off, that fruit. Suckers bear no fruit. But what they do is take that nutrition from the branches. This is where you learn in your life how to cut from your life 
those that are not doing you any good. Anybody ever have to walk away from what you thought was your friend because you discovered somewhere in your life that they were holding you back or they were just pulling things out of you and they weren't good? Anybody but me. It's important to know that. It's important to instill that into your, the lives of your children. One of the aspects of the young man that spoke for us uh, yesterday evening talked a little bit about that, just briefly about that, about these friends and what it is and who it is. got to be careful with that in your lives. They are suckers and they do nothing good for you. There's a bunch of them out there. We must understand that this is the work of pruning as well as also at work within us. Not only the cutting off, but the pruning part. We can also see from this passage right here in verse number 2, we can see that in this one, this particular one, that it works, the Father does the work here on every branch, not just the suckers. The suckers get cut off. But the branches, you and I, which includes you and me, we get pruned back. And there's a reason for that as well. This is important. That is one reason why every true believer in Christ and how they will bear much fruit is to be pruned by God Himself. Listen to me closely. You cannot grow spiritually. You cannot grow spiritually unless God is pruning your life. And it's not fun all the time. It is necessary for Him to prune your life. That means you open up and you say, here I am God, send me. But before you send me, deal with my heart. Open my heart. That's what David was saying. Open my heart. See if there's any offensive way within me. In other words, prune some things in my life that need to be out of there. Take them out. Because I don't need them in my life. I think it was Tom Smith that writes this, but and and it recalled <clears throat> made me think of when I was a kid. You remember when you were a kid? I'm sure you do. You can probably remember back that far. Dean, can you remember back that far? Okay, very good. Just want to make sure you're still with me here. Just kidding. Um, maybe maybe for you ladies, it may have been um, um, Barbie dolls or something. I don't know. Maybe can I have one of the ladies say something? And when you were a little kid, it was just all about. Any ladies? Nothing? Housework? Huh? Barbie dolls. That's pretty much it. And for me, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, it was G.I. Joe. Anybody out there with a G.I. Joe guy? Well, this is what I thought about G.I. Joe. Because I liked those, but couldn't afford very many of them, or got used ones with the heads bit off or whatever. But nonetheless, he was in battle, but it's okay. And, and in that, I thought when I grew up, what I would do is get a job, I could get all the G.I. Joe stuff that I wanted. That's all I had to do. I had my whole life planned out, man. It was just perfect. Anybody have your life planned out when you were eight years old? Sure you did. Had it all figured out. And in all of that, you thought it was it. But as I grew older and matured a little bit, of course the G.I. Joe stuff just went to the side. I met Donna, and it all went to the side. <laughs> and it lost interest in the G.I. Joe stuff. And so it is with growing with Christ. Notice what 
Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 13. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the childhood stuff behind me. It doesn't mean I forget my childhood, nor should it. It doesn't mean I was a bad kid because I like G.I. Joe or you like Barbie dolls. Not at all. It just simply means that my focus is now different. It's the way life is. Again, yesterday I can't help but go back to our banquet. When I go back there, we see all these seniors and there were some kids there, little bitty children. And I think it was the other family. Remember the grandkids, for those of you there, the grandkids. They were running around playing. And, and then when we were showing the videos of these seniors, they went back and they started from the time they were little bitty babies and they worked all the way up until they stood there. Right? Which was a wonderful thing. But what I was thinking of, all these parents here, these little kids were there just yesterday. Because that's what happens as we grow and their thoughts are totally different. And at 63, my th th thoughts are totally different than they were years ago. It's interesting, before I became a Christian, the things that I did or thought. But once I became a Christian, things began to change for me. And then when I got married, things changed for me. And then, then I realized that I needed to be involved more in the church and be a part of the church or lead the singing or do communion or do a prayer or whatever was mow the grass or do something but, but that was more for me to work on flower beds and the changing of those seasons in our lives are important now look at these two hedges right here now the kids like these when they go to Disneyland Disney World wherever this is at and uh, we like them as well but there's something about these two hedges you cannot buy a seed that shapes these hedges to grow these hedges like this. If you could, you'd be a millionaire. You'd be on Shark Tank and they'd say, I'm in. But you can't. But by trimming these bushes regularly and shaping them and molding them into informing them exactly the way they wanted them, took time. To get them exactly what they wanted them to be. In the same fashion with us in our lives. God is not pruning us into be the where do we put it? Go back. Go back one. And one more time, go back one. There we go. God's not trying to make us many or Mickey. He's trying to make us what He wants us to be. The desire in His heart for your life and my life. And sometimes it takes, and all the time, it takes this pruning to shape us into the image of who? Not what we are, but when we give our life to Christ, now He's shaping us into the image of His Son, Jesus the Christ. So in similar fashion, God prunes our lives to shape us. There is Isaiah 46, or 64. And yet, O Lord, You are our Father. And you know this one. We are the clay and You are the potter. We are all formed by Your hands. Can I have an amen? amen. Are You allowing God to shape You and mold You? Sometimes the pruning involves removing of the sin again, and that hurts. I don't want to give that up. I like running around. I like the booze. I like this stuff. And it hurts, but God's got to rip that out of us. He's got to cut that out of us to shape us into what it is that He wants us to be. 
even the distractions of our lives. We can become so involved in our kids' lives and, and other things that are going on, activities in our lives, that we even forget about. Do we need to go to church today? Do we have to go to church today? And all of a sudden, the distractions are more important than what God is. And God says, maybe I need to reach in there and prune you just a little bit. And it happens to all of us. Sometimes God's pruning is painful. But over time, He changes us and He molds us into what He wants us to be. So you must remember in this passage, God tells us he is the Father is the gardener. Because God loves us, He prunes us. It's not because He doesn't love us. See, discipline makes us feel like our parents don't love us. Remember that when you got a whipping and you got sent to your room? And you're like, you're mad at your mom and dad because they gave you a spanking or they took your phone away or they did this or did that. And oh, no, whatever. But when you grew up, you realized, aha, they were brilliant. And God does the same for us. And the reason why God does it is for us to bear fruit for his glory. Did you know that? Look at the scripture. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. Do you want to glorify God? Do you want to glorify God? Do you really, really, really want to glorify God? You know how you prove that? Is you allow Him to prune you where you need to be pruned. Allow Him to evaluate where you're at in your life, honestly and openly, and let Him prune you, and then you'll bear fruit, and then you'll prove to Him that you're glorifying Him in your life. It's important for you. It's important for me. If the branches could speak today, I'm sure they would say and they would confess the pruning process hurts. Scripture told us that. Yet I am convinced that if they would and could speak, they would simply say, we rejoice because now we produce more fruit. More fruit. And so in this time, this season that we are in as a nation, as Christians, it may be a pruning. But we should praise God. Because there will come a day when we will bear much more fruit for His glory. So if you look at it in the negative, as my father said, just be patient. Don't look too good right now. Hang in there. Because some lush fruit's going to grow real soon. And the harvest will be great. Notice he said in verse number 11, this is last. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be complete. Your joy comes when you allow God to prune you. And you begin to bear much fruit. That's how much God loves you. You see how He takes our lives and He does and He molds us. He tells the first thing, He tells us He loves us and He molds us and shapes us, conforms us, allows us to bear much fruit. And then He says, now experience the joy that I have made you. That's how good He is. For God is in control. And may we never ever forget that He is the one that does the pruning that is necessary in our lives. Not easy. But it's necessary.
Let's pray together. Father, I thank You so much for Your written Word. Thank You, Jesus, for allowing us to see in Scripture who is the true gardener, which is God the Father. Thank You, God, for loving us that much. And Father, yes, help us all to open our eyes, Father. We, we can look at the world and see how sinful it is and say, they need to, they need to. But Father, You are working on us just as much as You're working on the world. We are Your children. We don't have to worry about You doing more to us than we can handle because we know that You love us. And there are things in our lives, all of us, may we just examine our lives and just open up to You and say, Father, here I am. I, I, want, I want to do Your bidding. I want to be, this to be for Your glory. I want to bear much fruit for You, Father. But I know this group or that group or this thing or that thing is holding me back. And if, it, if I've sinned in that area, Father, I repent of that. I confess that to You right now. And I ask for Your forgiveness, knowing that You will forgive me and You will cut that right out of my life. Praise Your name, Father. And then if there's just distractions, things that just come up, things that I'm just letting pull at me, you're not wanting to cut it off, you just want to prune it back so I can be more fruitful for You and Your kingdom. Help us all to be more like that every day, Father. And then, Father, help us to know that we have the joy. We have the joy down deep in our souls because we are Your children. Thank You, Lord. In Jesus' name. We pray. Amen and amen. If you need to respond this morning, you can do that by filling out one of the cards if you come forward. Doing that, and you can do that as together we stand and sing. You come. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. A wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock where rivers of pleasure I see. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of His love and covers me there with His hand. And covers me there with His hand. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. He takes my burden away. He holdeth me up and I shall not be moved. He giveth me strength as my day. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of His love and covers me there with His hand. And covers me there with His hand. When clothed in His brightness, transported I rise to meet Him in clouds of the sky. His perfect salvation, His wonderful love, I'll shout with the millions on high. He hides my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hides my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. Please be seated.
Just a couple of announcements. Uh, first, no changes to the schedule as far as services. We'll continue with 9 and 11 until further notice. And uh, thank you all for being here this morning. And let's see, one other thing we did have, and Harley mentioned it, uh, we did have our senior dinner last night. And the tables that the seniors set up where they have pictures and accomplishments and things are still set up over in the family center. So if you'd like to go over and see those, you're welcome to do that. The family center will be open. And they're spaced out nicely so there's room to move through and not get too close together. But anyway, uh, it was a nice event last night. We really enjoyed it. And thanks to Galen, since you're sitting here, you were one of the uh, big ringleaders in all of that for getting us all together to do food and stuff like that. Thanks to all of you who uh, worked at that thing last night. We appreciate it. And then, uh, happy Father's Day to all your fathers. And uh, for those of us whose fathers are gone, what a great day to remember the heritage that they gave us. Some of us were really blessed to have great dads that it's wonderful to remember and think about how they shaped shaped us into the people that we grew to be. So, a lot to be thankful for today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for shaping us. We thank you for the people that you brought into our lives, that you continue to bring into our lives to shape us and prune us. And in this coming week, I just ask that you would help us all be open to your pruning, that we might bear much fruit for your glory, and that we might be filled with your joy, that the world might see Christ living in us. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.